So sort of the message tonight, the teaching tonight, we're calling it about prayer and fasting. I'm just going to talk about fasting. I didn't want to just call it that because I didn't want people to stay away for any reason. Um, so that's our focus tonight. So, you know, in that passage, that's, I mean, that's very famous teaching of Jesus, Matthew 6, from the Sermon on the Mount, of course. And Jesus says, um, he's, talking about, he's talking about giving to the needy, and he's talking about praying, and he's talking about fasting. So you know, we think about giving, giving gifts, making offerings. Every time we gather on Sunday mornings, we give, we giving and making offerings is part of our worship. And we talk about that a lot, and we plan for that, and people are very intentional with their giving and, and uh, designating gifts to different needs in the church and beyond in our community. And uh, we talk a lot about generosity. That's just a normal part of our everyday gatherings. Uh, we also talk a lot about prayer. Every time we gather, we pray. And so in pretty much every meeting that I'm a part of, when we gather to worship as a community, even tonight, lifting our voices in prayer, we pray a lot. It's a normal part of our walking with Jesus uh, when, we, when we gather and when we're alone. But fasting, we don't talk as much about fasting. And so this is a perfect time. It's a season, uh, beginning a season that is traditionally known for Christians uh, fasting more, and I want to just talk a little about uh, about fasting. You know, what is fasting? Why might we do this? And and how would we do this? And so let's let's jump in. Um, so let me give you a definition of fasting. This is a definition that comes from uh, Christian author Adele Calhoun. So actually, some of you might know her. She's somewhat local, uh, a friend. Uh, but so Adele uh, has a uh, wrote a a book called Spiritual Discipline Handbook. And she gives this great definition of fasting. She says, a fast is the self-denial of normal necessities in order to intentionally attend to God in prayer. So it's a, it's a self-denial of normal necessities. And so what happens when things that are a normal necessity, and typically food, we become hungry and we have cravings, and so those cravings and the attachments we have to these normal things that we do, it opens up a space for us when we feel those things. And instead of just going to the food or to the thing that we're craving, we instead, when we're fasting, we then turn our attention to God. So we have time and space. It gives us a physical awareness of emptiness. And that's a reminder to us that we need the ultimate satisfaction that we can only receive from God. And, and fasting reminds us that. It's, it's God alone who satisfies us. So fasting is usually food, uh, typically, but you can fast from other things. Some people fast from watching TV or from shopping or from social media. Uh, and the Bible even gives other ex- ex- examples of what you can fast from. For example, uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, 5, you could fast from sex in marriage. If both partners agree, and only for a short time, as Scripture teaches. But this is intentionally denying yourself of something good to, to focus attention in prayer and towards God. So even Scripture has different ways that fasting can, can be expressed. Uh, fasting really should be, the, the, the intent seems to be, that it's for a designated time. It's a short time, um, not just 
I want to reduce sodium in my diet, or I want to drink less alcohol, so I'm going to fast. That, that's not fasting. It's actually the idea is that it's something that would be otherwise good or pleasing that you would reintroduce into your life when you end the fast. And actually what that does is it makes you appreciate those things more. So if you fast from a meal, your next meal you're going to appreciate it even more, and your gratitude to God goes up uh, like that. But also it gives an opportunity to to want to know how you would reintroduce something into your life. You know, did, if, if you're fasting uh, from, say, some people say, I'm going to fast from sweets. Well, when you reintegrate that to say, well, how much of this do I really need in my life? And how much am I reaching for these things? And, and the sort of the satisfaction they give to me. What's the appropriate level? Or if I fast from, you know, say, social media. You know, how much of that do I want to actually bring back in? So it does give an opportunity for that. Um, so fasting is biblical. It is in the Bible all over the place. In the Old Testament, Moses fasts, David, Elijah, Daniel, all these heroes of the faith uh, were known to have fasted as part of their, their journey and their relationship with God. In the New Testament, the early Christians fasted. We see in the book of Acts where the Christians are fasting uh, before important decisions are to be made, and we see that uh, in the book of Acts. And Jesus Christ fasted. Jesus fasted. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was without sin. Jesus had a perfect relationship to God the Father, and Jesus fasted. Jesus also assumed that his disciples would fast. So when he's teaching here, he says, when you give your gifts, here's the way, here's some ways not to give, and here's the ways you give. He said, when you pray, here's how you shouldn't pray, and here's how you should pray. And then he said, when you fast, here's how you don't fast, and here's how you should fast. Right in line with the very normal act of giving money, the normal act of prayer is the normal act of fasting. In Jesus' teaching, it couldn't be any clearer that these things are right in parallel with one another. When you fast... This is how it goes. So the expi- so this is very biblical. Jesus did it, and he expected his followers to do this. That's a pretty good case for fasting. Uh, fasting is, is almost always linked with prayer or worship. So you'll see in Scripture it says uh, they were fasting and worshiping, or they were fasting and praying. And so it, it's, not, it's, it's really a way to enhance prayer and to enhance worship in a way that Prayer, normal rhythms, normal spiritual practices of prayer or of worship on their own cannot achieve, that it actually is something greater. And then in, the, in Scripture, it's almost always food, um, as I mentioned. Now, what fasting isn't? Fasting isn't a diet. So there's a popularity of intermittent fasting, if you're familiar with that. Um, if you're not, you can talk to Darius. He loves to talk about intermittent fasting or whatever. But... Um, but that, that's, not, that's not fasting in the biblical sense. That's a diet, and that's a, a way of uh, the rhythm of your body and, and whatever that's fascinating, that's not fasting. Um, and it's not about, fasting isn't about giving up something bad. Re- we should just do that. That's not just, that's repentance, right? That's sin, and you repent of your sin and you turn from it, okay? So you don't, um, <laughs> I'm going to give up murder and adultery for Lent. Like, no, just don't. I mean, if it's bad, give it up now. Receive God's grace and move forward. But anything that comforts you. So, so for example, during Lent, somebody might say, I'm giving up sweets. That would be something you might hear someone say. 
um, or fasting from that. That's actually a, something that is good, that comforts you. Again, it may not be the healthiest thing, but again, it's, it's a normal comfort or a normal necessity that I'm intentionally giving up. But it's not about punishing yourself. Fasting is not showing God that you realize how bad you are. God, I know how bad I am, so I'm not going to eat. I'm punishing myself. No, it's not about punishing yourself. It's about rising your attention. So when you have a craving, when you have a hunger, your attention is now to God. So, but why would we do that? Well, I, th- I think you can see the, the, the value of the, the benefit of this. If we set aside a little bit of comfort so I can listen and attend to the voice of God, in, in, a, in, a, in a heightened way, uh, that's valuable because now we're going to receive that nourishment and that satisfaction from God. And it just it opens up this connection to God that we have in, in a new way. It's beyond normal spiritual practices. It, it enhances those practices. Uh, and, and again, if you talk to Christians who have practiced fasting, and in my own experience, this is true, that fasting indeed enhances attentiveness to God and prayer. Uh, you're giving God the time and the space that would otherwise be taken up by those things. So if you're going to give up a whole meal, you have that time that you would have taken, perhaps, to, or if, you, you know, if you're giving up watching TV or shopping or something, the time that you would have done with those things, you now are spending with God in a new and enhanced way. Um, and it's not, so fasting's not a command of Jesus, but again, Jesus assumes that we're going to do this, and we're, gonna, we're also emulating him and his fasting in this. So... Um, those are all good reasons to do this. So how do we fast? Um, as Jesus taught, before I say how to fast, this kind of weighs how not to fast. Um, this is a, this is, you'll see this one go around the internet a little bit. This is Pope Francis from uh, 2021 from Lent. This is, I'm just going to read his quote. This was attributed to, to Pope Francis. He said, do you want to fast this Lent? Fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and trust in God. Fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your heart with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent so you can listen. And, and, and I think what the, what the Pope got right here is that um, the season of Lent is, is much more about the positive things we do than the negative. Um, so prayer, reconciliation, gratitude, compassion, faith, those things are more important than giving up chocolate, right? So to, to be focused on those greater things. Um, but what, what isn't emphasized here is, is again, Fasting isn't about giving up evil things like hurting and anger and selfishness, right? The Bible, and again, the, actually the Bible tells us about that kind of fasting where people try to fast when there's a, a, just, they're not living in line with God's purposes. They're not living as God intends. And so if that's you, then you can expect your fasting to do nothing for you. And, and in line with that, hear, hear this word from prophet Isaiah 58. So this is, uh, let me just read it. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. 
For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that, was, that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on your day of fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. So the, the teaching here is, it, okay, you seem like a people who want to seek the Lord, but you're doing your own thing. You're not living according to the Lord's ways. You're wondering why he's not answering your prayer. You're wondering why you're not experiencing him through your fasting. Verse 4, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is this what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fast I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide for the the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and, and... not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guide. Then you will call on the Lord, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. God has shown us his way. And when we live in line with his way, then when we fast and when we pray, we can experience him. But when there is... Um, we can't think that this is some kind of magical tool that erases all of our sin and, and somehow can, will connect us to God magically. It's like, no, we are connected to God as we receive his grace for our sin, as we are obedient to his way, and as we open ourselves up through prayer and fasting and these other practices as well. So warning number one is don't try to fast if you're just going to live life apart you know, apart from God in other ways. Warning number two comes from Jesus in the text that was read for us is don't fast to impress anyone. Uh, Don't fast to impress God. You know, as if you're going to score points with God the more you fast. Um, Yes, fasting brings us a new awareness, a new perspective, a new reliance on God, but just like prayer, it's not a way to manipulate God. Um, It's... It's not a way to, to get God to do what we want him to do. Fasting changes us, not God. So we, we're not going to impress God with this. We also don't fast to impress other people. Oh, look how spiritual I am. And that's really at the heart of Jesus' teaching. He said, if you're going to fast, don't walk around like, oh, I'm so hungry and I look so sick. Look how much I'm fasting. <clears throat> he said, this is, you know, make, you know, put some oil on, you know. Don't, you look good. Go out. Don't live your life. Don't, you're not going to impress anybody, or you might you try to impress people with your fasting. That's not the point. But, uh, so it's a primarily a private thing. Although, in Scripture, there are times when groups of people will fast together. Um, the Day of Atonement is specifically prescribed in Scripture as a fast day. So, you know, the, the 
the Jewish people would all fast together on that same day. So you know your neighbor's fasting, so you don't have to hide it. Um, Joel chapter 2 says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. You know, get all the people together. There was this, this, this great scene in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 where uh, King Jehoshaphat's going to be attacked by these invading nations. And they, they're, everybody's worried. He said, look, everybody start fasting now. Pray now. The whole nation is to pray and to fast and to seek the Lord. And they did. And they were, they were spared. You can read about it, but they were spared in this battle. The Lord, um, they, they sought the Lord and the Lord delivered them from this threat. Um, and then in the New Testament, you see groups of Christians fasting together. So primarily, yes, fasting is a private thing that you don't need to show and brag about. But it, it is okay to do it together and to support one another in that. Um, so it is okay for a, a whole church to say, hey, we're going to fast together and seek the Lord together in this season. And actually, this for us, I, I would encourage you to consider fasting together in this season. Um, but the point is, it's not, it's not, again, not to impress God or other people or each other um, or, or even to impress ourselves and say, wow, you know, I'm very, um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of self-control. You know, I've, I've really overcome my temptations and my cravings and, and all these things. And, and it's not, don't even impress yourself with it. it that, again, that runs counter to the gospel of grace that... Um, Fasting is a grace to us. This is a gift to us to use to encounter God and that, that will benefit us. But don't let, I guess we say, don't let your self-denial turn into self-righteousness. And so, um, but, but I do encourage you to give it a try. So what, what can you do? So I would encourage you to try, if you're not, if you don't regularly fast, um, to fast for one meal in a week. Just pick a meal and don't eat. And when you feel hunger or when you would normally eat, Pray. And seek the Lord and see how he meets you in that. And I think that's a, a, a good way to start. And you could pick maybe one meal a week you know, for the season of Lent, and that might, you might um, enjoy that. If you want to try something more than that, you could do a, like a 24-hour fast, which typically, for example, you might um, eat dinner and then start your fast then and then go 24 hours, and then you would eat at the end of the 24 hours. So you miss two meals. You would miss... You know, breakfast and lunch in that. And that would be a 24-hour full-day fast. Uh, some people want to go, that sort of the step beyond that would be a 36-hour fast where you would eat normal, go to bed, you wake up the next day and you don't eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and then you go to bed again and wake up and eat breakfast the next day. So that would be three meals, and that's more intense. And if again, if you have... Um, if you have sensitive medical conditions or diabetes or certain things, that would be a bad idea, but that's something that you could try. If you wanted to do something more than that, I would encourage you to read a book, talk to me as a pastor or a, a, somebody who has experience uh, with longer fasting. Um, Foster's book is good, and there's some other resources that describe what you might experience during that, even just physically, because it can be, if you haven't done it, it can be... Um, unsettling or dangerous at times. So, um, so it's, it's, again, it's not about how... Uh, how um, again, you're not going to impress me or God with this stuff. But what you're doing is you're intentionally opening yourself up to a new way of experiencing God that's his gift to you. And, so, and Jesus expects us to do this, so I encourage us to, to try it. Let us pray together. Father, um, we... 
I thank you for what you've shown us, and we thank you that you walked this earth and um, that you showed us what it meant to pray and to fast and to, and to give and to serve and, um, and to love and to speak truth. And, Lord, so we just we desire to follow you. And in this season, Lord, I just pray for those who will, beginning, uh, who will be beginning new rhythms of prayer and fasting and, um, that, that, you would, that you would meet us in a special way. And that you'd be glorified in that. That you would be, uh, that whatever you desire to unlock in our lives and in, in, in our community, Lord, that you would do it. And that your spirit would be poured out in such a way to empower us to just, in greater ways, to, to be your people and to uh, be part of your kingdom expansion in this world and to bless our world, Lord. So uh, we pray that it would be, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.